At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana, coming to you from the Freedom Doc Studios. I am your host, Christopher Habig, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have a desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American health care. One of my favorite topics to discuss on this show and really the people that I really, really, really enjoy talking to are the medical providers out there who are impacting their community. And so today's guest, as you can probably imagine, is somebody, actually two people who have pursued that dream of opening up their own practice and making a big impact in their local community. Please welcome Katie McGovern and Elizabeth Bowen, pediatric nurse practitioners and owners of Your Corner Pediatrics located in beautiful Indianapolis. Katie, Elizabeth, thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. It is a beautiful day here in Indianapolis. Which is wild for this time of year. And that'll, uh, I always like putting little, little Easter eggs in these conversations, have people try to guess exactly when these episodes were recorded, not just when they were released. So there's a little bit about how the sausage gets made behind the scenes there. I wanted to get talking about this because... You know, like I said in my in my introduction there, there are episodes where I find them just completely fascinating just from a general curiosity standpoint. But what really charges me up is when I get to talk to medical providers who said, you know what, I'm going to leave all the noise and leave what we call, quote unquote, the system behind. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my own thing and really practice medicine the way that you believe it should be practiced. So, Katie, I will start with you and... You know, I've known you for um, a, a while since we started talking about you know what you wanted to do and and, and how Freedom Healthworks can potentially enable that. So, give us a little bit of a background of what your motivations were into starting your corner pediatrics. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I've been a nurse practitioner now for about thirteen or fourteen years, and I've been um, a nurse and working in healthcare for over twenty years now, which I can't believe time flies. And after doing this for so long, I really, really enjoyed it. I knew what I liked about it. I liked the families. I loved the kids. I liked being able to help people and getting to know them. And sometimes working in the traditional system, I didn't always get the opportunity to do that. People were in and out pretty quickly. I would have some trouble following up on things because I would get distracted with other items. And I just felt like there was a better way to do it. In addition to that, I was answering a lot of questions and concerns from family and friends and neighbors and all kinds of people working in pediatrics, especially kids have lots of questions and concerns about their kids all the time. So I was constantly answering questions and helping people out, which I really, really enjoyed. 
So after a few years in traditional medicine, I really thought there's got to be a better way. And I wanted to do this in my neighborhood, in the community I live in, and do it on a more personal basis. And then we were lucky enough to find Freedom HealthWorks, who could help us out and do a lot of the back work for us and get us started and headed in the right direction. It, it's a story that I love to hear. Uh, it's it, and also thank you for the mention there. You know, it's always nice to have happy customers, happy clients. But yeah, I want to go back and, and you talked about you know just that personal care and be able to have time to answer questions. It's a theme we we hear over and over and over again. Elizabeth, nursing's a second career for you. It is. Give us kind of that background, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I always find it fascinating when we talk to nurses and doctors who said, you know, this wasn't my first choice, but yet there was something kind of chewing in the back of my mind where I was still called to go take care of people, even if I misfired the first time. Yeah. I always wanted to help people. That was always my goal. And as an undergrad, I had thought about going into medicine, but I also had a strong love for anthropology and different cultures. And I ultimately was thinking in my mind that I wanted to be able to travel, go around and help all these cultures in need and at risk and help people that way. And what ended up happening was basically I kept getting scholarship offers to pursue what I was working on in anthropology. And so I went and I did a master's in anthropology and I went and I did a master's in museum studies. And I found myself working in the basement of museums with people's artifacts and not with the people themselves. And I kind of had this aha moment in what I called the dungeon of one of these museums in the basement thinking this is not what I ultimately thought I was going to do. And I think I kind of just got pushed in that direction by, you know, for whatever the academics wanted or that my mentors wanted. And I realized I wasn't doing what I truly wanted. And so I went back into nursing and then knew ultimately that I wanted to pursue an NP degree so that I could be a provider. And that is how I landed here. Fast forwarding. And it's always a fascinating story. I know I've said that word interesting and fascinating so many times, but I always get fired up, like, you know, taking a peek underneath the hood and just learning how people kind of function, like what drives them, what motivates them. And obviously, both of you are just incredibly passionate about your work, taking care of people. Elizabeth, go, sticking with you, how does your experience today running your practice differ from your experience in healthcare six months ago, 12 months ago, 24 months ago? What's that like? It's completely different. So I had, when I had first gotten my NP degree, I was working for a large hospital system in pediatrics. And while I loved the work that I was doing, I didn't feel like my job was truly as much about taking care of people as it was satisfying different parameters that that large healthcare system wanted me to. So how many patients are getting in the door and how quickly and finding that they kept saying, okay, well, you originally had 30 minutes per visit, but we want to cut that down to 20 minutes, or we want to cut that down to X minutes. And I felt myself back into a very similar situation I was when I was in the basement of a museum where I was like, I don't feel like I'm helping people the way that I want to be helping people. And especially with kids, in my mind, you know, kids are the future of the world, right? And so if you can have kids maintain health, then we're going to have ultimately a better planet going forward. But if we have all these kids that their healthcare needs aren't met properly and well when they're children, then that's going to 
continue on into adulthood. And in my mind, if we want to make a difference, you have to make it starting in, in the kids. And I just felt like I couldn't do that with what I was doing before. And luckily, and by the grace of God, I had known Katie and I had started working with her down in a different primary care setting after I left the big healthcare system. And that's kind of when our wheels started turning, realizing, okay, well, now I'm in a better scenario than I was, but it's still not where I want to be. And that's when our wheels really started turning. We're like, how can we do this better? How can we care for these kids the way that we would want our children cared for? How can we give them the time and quality of care that they deserve? Katie, switching over to you now, starting up at a, an independent practice as a nurse practitioner in Indiana is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Different licensing, different different state laws, that type of stuff. There's the age-old debate of MDs and MDOs, MPs, where does everything fit together? I'm curious about your experience when you said, all right, let's, Elizabeth, let's, let's start our own practice. Walk us through kind of what was going through your mind there as far as just stepping out into that. And you mentioned you're working with Freedom HealthWorks in the past, so you were never never alone on that. But just walk us through kind of what was going through your mind. What did your family think? What did your friends think? What were the conversations like when you told people that you were doing this? Well, Chris, there was a lot of excitement. I can tell you that. But there's has been and probably still is a lot of anxiety and concern. You know, how do I do this? I've I'm Elizabeth and I are both nursing majors. I've never taken a business class in my life, let alone a marketing class or a social media class or anything. So there's definitely a big learning curve and a lot of anxiety on how do we get this off the ground and how do we get people to know about it. The patient care is the easy fun part. I mean, that's that's the best part of it is getting to see the kids and helping out the families. That's the easy part. But trying to actually get a business up and running and off the ground has been an interesting <laughs> project, I guess. Yeah. Uh, a little bigger than I than I initially thought it would be. But I like it. I'm learning a ton. I mean, I know so much more now than I did, you know, when I met you, however long ago that was. Things about business um, that I never thought I'd know, I've learned. I also love the flexibility of all of this and being able to do a lot of things that we want to do. We've gone to neighborhood festivals. We've gone to running events. We've done community flu vaccine clinics. We're getting ready to offer COVID vaccine clinics. We've done educational presentations at preschools. So we've gotten to do all this extra fun, awesome stuff that we never had the opportunity or time to do working in a different care setting. So I really enjoy that. My kids think it's super duper cool that we started our own business. This might be my daughter's favorite place to come hang out (laughs) whenever I allow her to come. And they've been, all my friends and family have been super supportive about it. I still think there's the challenge of of educating people about direct primary care, which is ongoing, but it's something I've learned more and more and more about. And I actually really like talking to people about it and seeing kind of the wheels turn in their head as I give them the information and they stop and think, oh my gosh, this might actually work for us. This would actually be better than what we have now. Or, or I didn't even know this existed. Right. (laughs) How did I not know this existed? You ever hear, you ever hear, Hey, this sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? Yeah. 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 You know, I, you had mentioned something about getting everything up and off the ground. And I think for us, when we first started talking about it and we had this idea of let's do this, then of course the 
big question was, well, how? And that's where we had the huge hiccup. That's, I think, where so much of the anxiety came from because, you know, we're, we have families, you know, we have husbands and kids and a whole life outside of healthcare as well. And it was a matter of, well, how do we do this? How can we do this when, you know, we have so much other stuff going on and where do you even start? And I think that's why, you know, all everything seemed to fall into place when we met you guys because it was like, oh, well, we have someone that can do this for us. They, we have someone who can show us. And that takes a lot of that anxiety away from it, which has been awesome. And, and I know that you mentioned the whole being in Indiana and the NP versus MDs. And, you know, Indiana is a little bit more on the conservative side. So you do have to have a collaborating physician. And I think that was one of our probably first big battles was there's mm-hmm. definitely some physicians out there who do question NP level of education and their ability to care for folks. But I think it, in a lot of the ways you have a different background, right? You have a nursing background prior to being an NP. And so it's all about caring for that whole person. And I think just like you can have horrible physicians, sure, you can have horrible NPs. So the important part is knowing who you're you're going to see and and knowing you know where they're coming from and what their abilities are because I mean that's why I think meet and greets are so important but um, we are lucky to find a collaborating physician and it's been a wonderful experience to have a, a mentor who is also in direct primary care mm-hmm. um, so knows how the whole business side of it works as well but also knows I mean in my mind the more minds the better in in any scenario for most part so if we ever were in a situation where like, hmm, this is, we have something going on with this kiddo that we're concerned about, we have someone there. And I think that physicians would say the same thing. Sometimes they go and they collaborate with other physicians. So my hope is that people will realize how wonderful not only direct primary care is, but how wonderful it can be to have all different types of providers and just knowing that you're going to be in great hands either way. We're talking with Katie McGovern and Elizabeth Bowen, pediatric nurse practitioners and owners of Your Corner Pediatrics. We're going to come right back to this episode, but first we'll take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, Freedom HealthWorks. If you're struggling to convert interested people into members of your direct care practice, you are not alone. The top challenge reported in direct care is patient sales. Whether you dread potential patient calls because sales makes you uncomfortable or because you're simply occupied with taking care of people and saving lives, Freedom has a great solution for you. Freedom HealthWorks' enrollment desk service includes a dedicated patient sales team for your practice across all U.S. time zones, live data measuring your total calls, leads, and conversions, answer rates, and more, full prospect tracking from first contact through membership so nobody ever slips through the cracks. If you dread the anxiety and time commitment of patient sales calls, the enrollment desks could be your answer. Contact Freedom HealthWorks at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com to chat with a team member or schedule a demo. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. So I want to go to to Katie. You, you mentioned um, you know, that, that, that some people are comfortable seeing nurse practitioners and I want to talk about that a little bit because it's always a hot topic in any circle we talk about. You know, there's a lot of movement in uh, direct primary care industry that says, hey, this is doctors only. This is only for doctors. We don't want anybody else here. We don't want business people. So, you know, we get shade. We don't want nurse practitioners. We don't want PAs. This is all doctors and that's all you ever need. And then we look at studies that say, well, the majority of patients out there actually prefer to see nurse practitioners because they're viewed as much more empathetic. And diving into that is because... 
I feel like physicians have been overutilized in hospitals and I mean overutilized, like worked too hard. And so nurses are sitting there actually treating patients like people. And so I think that's a kind of that that curve that we have to see here and unwind in patients' minds. So, you know, with that, I'm curious, what have been your feedback from patients who've come in and saying, well, you know, do they understand the difference between, you know, nurse practitioners and physicians? And then are they like, oh, my gosh, you guys actually listen to me? Or what is the patient feedback that you're getting? That's a really good topic, Chris. There's so many ways we could go on this. That was a big lead in too. So I, I cover a lot of ground yeah. studies and industry and I know. patient I feedback. Taking notes on your <laughs> questions. Uh, <laughs> um, so I do think, you know, that was definitely one of my first concerns when you and I sat down and Elizabeth and, and I said, you know, what kind of pushback do you get from a, from a nurse practitioner only practice? And you were very positive about it and said, you really don't get much pushback at all. But we do have a collaborating physician, like Elizabeth said, that we can talk to and get in touch with if we really have a case that, that we're struggling with. And um, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you, I am not a physician <laughs> and I am not going to act like a physician. I wasn't educated like that. And their education is much different than ours. But I don't think that downplays our education at all. I've been in primary care now for a long time and I learned a lot from the physician I worked with. And you know, I think having a great community around you and people um, that you can bounce ideas off of is always a good idea. When it comes to primary care, I think your mid-level provider, your nurse practitioner, your physician assistant is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger in the years to come. I think, and you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, some of the research is showing that there's less and less medical doctors going into primary care. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's actively medical schools that, gosh, I talked to somebody who has uh, graduated from Vanderbilt and she told her professors that, hey, I'm really thinking about primary care. And her professors say, oh, Vanderbilt Medical School does not produce primary care doctors. Very real, very, very real story of what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. So then who's supposed to be doing this job? <laughs> <laughs> That's where we come in. So I think, I think this is actually, I think primary care is an awesome place for mid-level providers. I mean, you know, we do tons of education. We do tons of preventative care. We need to be aware when there's a problem and, and hopefully we have that skill set. Most of, most people do, I think. And so I think this is a great place for us to be. Do patients recognize that? We have not had any of our patients say anything about, oh, well, you're not doctors or anything along those lines. I think they're just happy that they're in a nice, clean, comfortable, kid-friendly environment, and that we're giving them tons of information, and we're talking about their kids, and we're answering their concerns and questions. And I think in the whole big scheme of things, they just want somebody to listen to them and, and help them with their needs. And it's not like you're trying to fool anybody either. And I think that's that's the big part of it is people are like, don't treat me like an idiot, treat me like an adult. And I think that a lot of that conversation, that debate stems from large health systems treating, you know, nurses and doctors as interchangeable parts. It's almost like commoditizing up and down. And I think that's where a lot of confusion and a lot of that kind of bad blood stems from is people burned like that in the past that they don't really know who they're they're talking to. You know, you're always in a hospital. You're afraid to ask a question anyways, because I don't know why. And then you don't know exactly who you're talking to. So if you even ask a question, you know, what's going to happen here? But I, I think it just illustrates it. 
in your model, in your new model, your corner pediatrics, when you treat patients like people, it's like, hey, guess what? Everybody is uh, kind of lowers their walls. You have better interactions with people. And it's just that human element that, you know, Elizabeth, you had mentioned earlier that you went digging for it in the past, but now like, it's good, like, good pun, now you found it. <laughs> not, did you know I had anthropology <laughs> jokes? It took me a while to get that one up and going. But you see what I'm going with that? Like, it, it's, it's, you respect people, you respect patients. And, and lo and behold, here we go. People open up, people can be more trustworthy with you. I think any um, healthcare system can be intimidating for someone who doesn't work in healthcare or the medical field. It can be intimidating for anyone. I mean, there's a lot of jargon, there's a lot of people walking around doing different things. Always in um, a rush, always in a hurry. And the term doctor is used a lot for for everybody, you know, sometimes even, you know, our, whether it's an MA or whoever, if they have scrubs on, you know, people are like, oh, the doctor's coming in, you know, so I, I don't think we've gotten a whole lot of pushback um, at this point. I think it's good that people are becoming more comfortable and more familiar with these mid-level provider options and more con- having more confidence in them. And I think that's key for the future, too. Elizabeth, want to ask you kind of, um, you know, as we come to the end of our, our time together here, this is always the this is always the fun question, thinking just like real, real big. What is the perfect healthcare system? What does it look like to you? I remember I, this is such a hard question because I don't, it's so hard to think of healthcare as being perfect coming from where I have been and and talking to my friends who are still in, you know, big systems and, and how everyone is just so unhappy, but nothing seems to be changing. And I think, is there a perfect healthcare system or is there a perfect healthcare? I don't know, but I know that in order to get there, one of the best ways is to take all the noise and the middleman out. So get it back to the patients and their providers making the decisions rather than administration or insurance companies or whatever it is, because I found that even when I was working in primary care with Katie, insurance seemed to be one of the big roadblocks for us. So they're making decisions on what medications you can prescribe to your patients, despite you knowing you having the medical background, you knowing what's going to work best for that patient, but having to say, I'm sorry, your insurance isn't going to cover it. People need to understand like, Hey, we have, there's better options out there. So be it direct primary care or, or anything else, they need to know that there are options. Just because something has been done one way doesn't mean that it has to be done that way forever. There are things that we can do to fix that. And I think that's been one of our big pushes mm-hmm. um, since moving into direct primary care. Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know a whole lot about it before getting into this. And so it's been huge. And now it's, you know, I've moved and now I'm in a DPC and my husband's getting ready to move over and you know, my kids are in one now and it's been life changing for us. But if you don't know that it's there, then you don't know that there's a better option. So I think that's one of our hopes is to really try to get that word out and whether it's getting people to join our practice or any other DPC practice, but just letting them know like, Hey, if you want quality care where it's all about, again, quality, not quantity, then here are your options. Seek these options out. Well, with that, Katie, last question here for you. How do you spread the word? You get, let's say you you get a uh, you get airplanes pulling banners, and you can put millions of airplanes up in the sky. What is the message that you are having all those airplanes towing? 
Oh, yeah. Our airplane's going out next week. So be on the lookout for that. Oh, millions. Right millions game. of airplanes. It'll be, it'll be amazing. <laughs> but they, they, not very long banners. You got to have a short banner on those airplanes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a surprise, Chris, on what's on the, on the back end of that. Um, how do we get the word out? Uh, well, thankfully, my partner in crime over here is way better at social media than I am. So we've been we've been trying to do a, a big social media push. You guys can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're jumping into the world of reels, which is oh, wow. which has been challenging. We have also, like I said, we've been trying to do some community events, festivals, and runs around the neighborhood. We've been trying to reach out to preschools doing some community um, flu clinics and things like that to kind of get, get the word out and tell people about direct primary care. We're trying to hit some businesses right now kind of hard, seeing that it's open enrollment, giving people the idea that like, hey, you know, here's an option for you guys. If you have a high deductible plan, you know, check this out. Here's the monthly fee. It could definitely be less expensive and uh, more beneficial for your family to go this route. But like Elizabeth mentioned, a lot of people don't even know it's an option. So focus on that. So how do you educate America using those airplanes or using a billboard message? What do you want on that billboard if you're trying to educate America that membership medicine, direct primary care is a real thing? I think my two biggest things would be, one, it's not too expensive for everyone. It's, it's affordable. And two, it's, it's high quality care. And, I, and, and sometimes maybe it's not the billboard. Maybe it's just planting the seed in people's minds via word of mouth. Because, I, I, you know, we are all instinctually curious as humans. And so if someone says, hey, you can get better care that is more customized and more personalized and more affordable. I mean, that's going to throw off a light bulb in everybody. And whether they are ready to make the switch or make the transition now or later, it doesn't matter. But just kind of telling them about it is one way to get it out. So, I mean, I can't even tell you how many friends, family, former coworkers, so former physicians that I worked with or former NPs that I worked with in that are still in the system and just so unhappy are all, well, what is this? Tell me more about this. So it's just creating that buzz. And I think the more buzz, the, the better off this movement's going to be. Now, I, I know I said last question there like a million times, but you just sparked something uh, when you were saying that, like, you know, more affordable care, better access, that kind of stuff. Isn't that the same kind of messaging that's coming out of a lot of hospital systems right now? So do you run into anybody who's ever confused by that type of marketing jargon? Like, how do you differentiate the model, I guess, is like the big thing, right? Because those words are kind of throwaways now in healthcare. But how do you actually sit here and say, no, 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 what we're saying is actually true. We're doing it. Yeah. So I think like one of the biggest pushes for me is I, I kind of keep going back to that quality over quantity. And you're just not going to find a big healthcare system or a big practice where you're going to be able to call in and, and get an answer or have direct access to your provider. It's going to be a nurse line. There's going to be a 24-hour wait or, you know, you might not get back. To, they might get, get back to you in some sort of a timely manner, but when you say, no, it's, it's basically like we're in, we're literally not to plug our place, but we're literally in your corner. You know, we are here for you. And so you base, you have our cell phone. You can text us. You can call us. I can't think of any other primary care that's not a direct primary care that you have that option even. And I think that's where people are like, wait a second, what? 
And so, especially for, I mean, for our new moms, I can't mm-hmm. even begin to tell you how happy these new parents have been who have these newborns at home and maybe they, this is their first kid or maybe it's been a while and they're having another and they're like, wait, I can't remember. Like, is this poop color normal? It always comes down to the poop. I, I swear. <laughs> um, but you know, and then they can just text us a picture and we're like, Hey, that looks great. There's no concerns. That's completely normal. And then that just takes such a weight off of them, such a burden for these parents who are already sleep deprived and probably spending hours up worrying about something that they don't need to worry about. And just little stories like that. And then, we had one new mom and then she told her friend and then she told her friend and now we're getting mm. all these newborns in and it's, it's been wonderful. Try to find another practice where they're going to go to your home for the first three months, you know, unless it's direct primary care, that's not happening. <laughs> As a father, I, I honestly do not know how parents um, survive those first few months without a doctor on speed dial that will get back to you in a yeah. very timely manner. I, I, I honestly do not know. <laughs> For all those parents out there who think, oh, I'm not going to call them. This is a dumb question. We've heard it all. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten pictures of cuts and bruises and beads that kids put in their nose and poop and pee. <laughs> all the things. Everything. Katie McGovern, Elizabeth Bowen, pediatric nurse practitioners and owners of Your Corner Pediatrics. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me here on Healthcare Americana. Thanks for having us today, Chris. This was fun. That's going to do it for this episode of Healthcare Americana. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com. To catch previous episodes, subscribe to our mailing list and visit our online store. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.